I love that one of my first notes is, oh, Frank is dead. From WBNE. This episode of The Curly Critics is brought to you by our Patreon. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash curlycriticspod. We have tiers from $3 up to $15, where you can talk to us on Discord, join our pen pal postcard group, or get our weekly bonus episode, Very Curly Talking. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And today we're talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Bro, we did it wrong. What did we do? And we're the Curly Critics. Dang it. (laughs) Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and today we're talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Talking about wizards, nerds. I accounted for your awkward pauses after I say that, because always you're like, I don't know what to say. And so I counted for that, and so I started putting the intro music there. But in the older episodes, you didn't pause there. And so I was like, I don't know where to put the intro music. Oh, man. Past me really had it together, huh? It's so funny editing them because we used to care so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, we used to try so hard. Like, we still care. But, like, the first Harry Potter one, it was like, you, like, came up with questions and we, like, talked about it. And now we're just like, so we read this book. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was more like book club style at that point. And now I'm just like, this is a podcast. No one cares. Now we're just cracked. Yeah. So, Jade, what were your thoughts? This book is long. (laughs) I literally... I probably read 100 to 150 pages, like, a month or two ago, plus, like, a week ago. Um, and then over the past two days, I read, like, 300 pages apiece. So it's like reading three full books, and it's really annoying, like... <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of this. Yeah, I think the next one is longer. Yeah, I'm aware. And then the sixth one is shorter. And then the seventh one is long again. Oh, God. It's fine. She's had a lot to say. I know. And Aru was asking me today, shout out to our biggest fan. Um, She was asking me, So, does it still feel like work, or are you starting to like them? And I'm like, honestly, it kind of (laughs) sucks. Like, I'm on the struggle bus, all right? I think reading these for the first time as an adult really just screwed me over. Most of this book, I felt like, was filler. Like, most of this book was just building up to the big fight scene Everything else was just kind of, like, normal. Oh, people aren't who you think they are, and there's going to be a big twist at the end, and then there's going to be another twist at the end, and all the villains are going to say their exact plot the whole time. And I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, I 
have read this book twice in my entire life. Once when I read them for the first time, and once a couple months ago when I was reading it for this. And I liked it a lot more than the second one. Like, I liked it a lot more than I remembered I liking it. Because I was mm. like, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, this is just not my favorite. I don't care. But I liked it. Like, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, there were certain parts I did like. It was, it really just felt like a lot of filler or a lot of things that just didn't really need to be there. Like, for the character's sake, it made sense. Like, character development, but for the plot, it didn't really matter. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of plot holes, I think, with the Triwizard Tournament in general. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, it's largely a pretty pointless event. Yeah. Like, I'd rather just have Quidditch the whole time, but no, nobody asked me. Since the Durmstrang and Bobaton, like, people never show up again. Like, Fleur shows up again. Victor shows up once later. But, like, we never hear about them again. So it's just kind of, like... Yeah, I mean, stuff. that's fine. I don't really care about that. I didn't think we'd see them again, honestly. Um, I don't know. It just, I was telling my parents and my brother, because they haven't read any of these. They don't know about this world. Um, and I was explaining to them, you know, like, Harry's the center of everything. He wasn't supposed to be in the goblet, but yet here he was with a bunch of 17-year-olds. He wasn't supposed to win, and then here he was. Like, all this stuff, or, like, him being wrong place, right time. Like, all of this stuff is just super obvious and kind of annoying. Like, I definitely understand why Ron was super annoyed with him. Like, everything happens to you. Like, yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah, the next book we get a lot of really angsty Harry. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Which, like, I have also not read the fifth book since I first read it the first time because I just remember it's a lot of Harry being like, woe is me, everything sucks, I hate my life. Like, the entire book. <gasps> oh, teenage hormones. <laughs> but it's also, like, five, six, and seven are a little bit better because now we have a consistent plot. Mm-hmm. While as one, two, and three are all just like, look, wizards, look, kind of Voldemort's there, look, marauders. And then the fourth book is like, he's back. So then five, six, and seven are like dealing with that. Yeah, but he came back like the last freaking chapter. And I'm like, all right, well. Yeah. At least in five, six, and seven, he's back the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. The plot will be better the last three, for sure. But this book just kind of frustrated me to no end. Like, it just... I just had to get through it. That's why I didn't read it for so long, is because it started off kind of slow. It was just kind of slow the whole time. It was really the big action scenes that caught my attention and gave me the will to live again. (laughs) I also think that it helps rereading this book, knowing the full picture and being able to see all of the little threads that she started to put. Like, I have a ton of notes that are like, oh, that comes up later. Oh, this. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it was interesting to read it and be like, oh, she's talking about this. 
Because I think this is the first time that things started to really feel connected in the grand scheme of things. So there's stuff in here about the sixth book with Fred and George, stuff about Mm -hmm. Fleur that comes up later, and, like, all these different uh, stuff about carriages that comes up, and I'm like, oh, like, that's actually interesting to see that those stuff was there. We just didn't notice it before, which is, like, not something that you could get. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe while reading it. I was like, I feel like if I were to reread this, it would make more sense. Like, after I had finished everything. Yeah. (sighs) But I don't have the patience for that. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. I'll just tell you about it all when we get to the end. (laughs) I may, like, listen to it at some point. That'd be yeah, fun. The narrator for the Harry Potter books is really good. Like, he's really fun. He does voices, and mm-hmm. he's just really entertaining. I've heard some of it. One of my friends, when he would take us around school, like, he'd just have it playing, and I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, the middle of a book, and he's like, be quiet. I'm trying to pay attention. I'm like, dude, what? (laughs) Worst carpool ever. (laughs) Golly, man. Yeah. So this book starts off with Voldemort. Yeah. In a random house, which I'm trying to, trying to remember if five starts in the Dursley's house or not. Cause I know six and seven don't. So now that there's, like, an an actual plot, like, we get to, like, see other perspectives before mm-hmm. we get into, like, Harry's angst, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Yeah, so Voldemort kills a guy, and then we move on. <laughs> yeah. Harry has some weird dreams. I keep forgetting that this book is in third person because it's so focused on Harry's point of view. Yeah, it's one of those third person Harry's point of view. Yeah, which is fine. What is that called? I just... <laughs> uh, I can't remember. It's fine. I'm We're not literature people. Today. What? I'm offended by that. <laughs> I mean, neither one of us have degrees in English or literature... Like, we're literature hobbyists, not literature professionals. According to John Mulaney, that's a waste of money. So I don't feel bad. Right. (laughs) We can't all be like Jack Edwards and just make videos of reading all of the books that so-and-so recommends. Amen. Then we get Harry goes to the Quidditch World Cup with all of the Weasleys. Yeah. And so we get a lot of Weasley development. We meet Bill. Mm-hmm. I, my note says, Bill is so cool and I love him in all caps. <laughs> I think we meet Charlie too, yeah? Yeah, I think so. The fact yeah, that think- Harry got four birthday cakes, I just can't. I can't hang. It's too good. Yeah, we meet all of the Weasleys. They all get to interact. That was one of the things that I loved reading this, is to see all of the Weasleys interact and be like, they're such a cute family. I know. 
And, like, they're so sassy to each other. Yeah. Oh, we do meet both Bill and Charlie because they have a table fight. Do you remember that? Yes. They fight with tables. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have it says, do us a fur- favor, person, shut up. That's the whole quote. <laughs> gosh. Honestly, yeah. Me. Hi, Oliver. Page 84. <laughs> that sounds about right. I know. I was, like, going through, and Jade always talks about how much she loves Oliver and how much she loves Quidditch, and then she was so sad because Oliver graduated last year. I was like, don't worry, he's in this book for one page. <laughs> and then Quidditch is there right at the beginning and then never again. Great. You can tell as the books go along that she hates writing Quidditch. Ah, let me write it then. That's freaking dope. I hate it. I'm so mad right now. This note says, "Why is she saying penalty for Ireland? Does she understand how penalties work?" Why am I so judgmental? Wow. My favorite thing about it is, is when they're at the World Cup and then the Vilas come out and Mr. Weasley looks away because he's like, I know that they're going to enchant me and I'm so loyal to my wife. And I just, <sighs> shout out to Mr. Weasley. A real man. And then, your father thinks very highly of Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, well, dad collects plugs, doesn't he? Fred Weasley. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when they were talking about the dark mark, um... I thought that was hilarious because in, I want to say fourth grade, we watched this cartoon for school and it had this character called Dark Marker. (laughs) You just unlocked a part of my brain that I forgot was there. And so, like, as they're talking about the Dark Mark, I'm like, oh, yeah, Dark Marker. It was just, like, they needed a villain for this cartoon, and so instead of it being, like, Darth Vader, it was like, oh, Dark Marker. (laughs) I can picture it so well. I have not thought about that since fourth grade. Yeah, it's fine. Anyways... So what did you think about the Quidditch World Cup? I was livid. It was literally the shortest game ever. I was so mad. I liked the atmosphere, like the tailgating atmosphere, everyone going and hanging out. Like that was cool and all, but the game was so short. It wasn't an entire chapter long. It was like two pages and then it was over. Yeah. Sports ball. (sighs) She created this game and then got sick and tired of it. And I'm sick and tired of this crap. (laughs) The disrespect, honestly. Oh, yeah. Bulgaria caught the snitch, but Ireland won the cup. Yeah. I like it. I mean, like... Honestly, I don't want to read multiple pages of Quidditch. Of, like, the, this is what was happening in the game. Like, I'm there for the environment. If I was watching Quidditch, 
like if I was watching it on screen, it would be different. But when you're reading it, it's really just a play-by-play, which gets kind of yeah. boring. No. Not everybody's <laughs> into sports, Jade. <laughs> Listen, I think the biggest reason I like it so much is because I like listening to football on the radio because it I can visualize it a lot better now. And that's why I like reading it is because I can understand the play-by-plays. I can see it going on, going, oh my gosh, I know this lasts like 30 seconds in real life, but it's so fun to read. Yeah, that's not how I feel. (laughs) I have a hard time paying attention to sports when I'm watching them. That's unfortunate. But I like the environment and I like that this like develops the game a lot more. Mm-hmm. And we, like, get a, like, before it was just, like, oh, you, like, catch this snitch and then the game's over. But now we get, like, somebody caught the snitch but the other team won. Yeah. Because the snitch is only worth a certain amount of points. Yeah. And so I like that. And I like this, like, environment of, like, everybody going everywhere from all over the world to, like, watch this game. And, like, the fact that there's a league and, like, every country has their own Quidditch team. It's, like, very Olympics vibes. And I like the yeah. vibe. I felt it was very soccer vibes. Well, that's probably what it is, because England. Yeah. But, like the Euros that are happening right now, or just ended, I'm not paying that much attention. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, the big, like, countries against countries to win. I like it. Yeah. I think the best note in this whole thing that you'll really appreciate is the dark mark is the bat symbol. (laughs) But evil. I mean, we could argue about Batman for a while. (laughs) Yes, but Batman is supposed to be kind of morally gray. The dark mark is just evil. Okay, fair. Fair point. It's just like something like a lot of people get dark marks tattooed on them. Oh. Which I'm like, because it looks cool. But when you really think about it, you're like, that represents really bad things. (laughs) Murder. (laughs) A little bit of racism. A lot of bit of racism. (laughs) But like, it looks cool. I just, you know, wouldn't get it tattooed on my body. Yeah. But that's just me. This note says chapter 10, nothing really happened. And I feel like that's this whole book. Like, nothing really happened this chapter. I'm just writing notes out of obligation. (sighs) I, like, don't have chapter breaks, and I really wish I did, because I'm, like, trying to figure out where all these things came from. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to follow along with what you're doing, so... Maybe you should take the lead. Hello. Welcome. So so the Quidditch World Cup happens. There's the Dark Mark. Everybody freaks out. The Death Eaters are back. Then they leave. And everything's fine. Harry's wand gets stolen. Yeah. By supposedly a house elf. That whole part was super confusing to me. Because there's a lot of, like, well, like, it makes sense, like, the farther you go along, but, like, it was winky, but then it wasn't winky, and then, like, this other person's involved. Yeah. 
I Winky have... and then Barty Crunch Jr. And then, like, Bagman's involved, kind of, but not really. Ludo Bagman. Yeah. And so it was just, like, a, a lot of weird, like... It was like she was trying too hard to give us red herrings. That there Literally. became too many that it was confusing. Yeah. Because the fact that Barty Crunch Jr. was pretending to be Mad-Eye Moody wasn't enough of a red herring. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. No, I, that's how all of these books feel, honestly, is like, oh, this thing happened right before your eyes, but it is not what you think it is. Yeah, I think that gets better. I sure hope so, because every book so far, it's been like, ah, yeah, that's definitely not what they say it is, but I'm not going to use any brain power to try and figure out what actually happened because there's no point. Yeah, book five uses a lot of visions as the red herring. Ooh, I like that. Book six, Harry pretty much knows what's going on the whole time, but nobody believes him. Nice. <laughs> and then book seven is completely different vibe. Well, that's fine. Yeah, so then they go to school, like you do. Colin's little brother falls in the lake, and I love that. I just, there's a character in the next book that I think you're gonna love, and I just think about her a lot, and I'm like, I can't wait until Jade meets her, and there's a note about it, where I'm like, wow, I can't wait until Jade meets her. (laughs) Great. Um, so... (laughs) They're trying to describe Trelawney, and I think this is so funny. Like, I always say hippy-dippy, like, that's just my vibe. (laughs) But they're like, airy-fairy, and I think that's so funny. I don't know why. Uh, It's so dumb. I completely forgot Trelawney was in this book. Oh, yeah, she's like a big deal at least for two chapters. Because when Harry has, like, the big vision dream thing in her classroom, she's like, OMG, what happened? And he's like, get away from me, crazy lady. Right. This whole book is, like, the start of a lot of Percy Weasley hate. Ooh. And, like, I just wanted to talk about it because I don't hate Percy. Yeah, he's annoying, but I don't hate him. Yeah, because people don't like him because he, like, chooses the ministry over his family. And it gets worse as we, like, go along. Not all of the Weasleys can be perfect. Sorry. Right. I like him because he has a nice redemption arc. Spoiler. That's fine. But he, like, he's just annoying. And he's very, like, Percy's just so ambitious as a character that, like, of course he's gonna, like, choose his career over his family. Like, he's also such a middle child. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm so important. <laughs> the person, the brother directly above Percy is Charlie. Ooh. Who's probably the coolest Weasley that there is. Oh, yeah. And then the, the brothers right below him are friend George. And then there's just Percy. Like... Of course he turned out the way that he did. Yeah. 
But I have a note that says that I really want to give Draco and Percy the benefit of the doubt and be on board for their redemption, but they're both stressing me out. <laughs> I cannot stand Draco. Like, this Draco, whole book. He was, like, all new levels of awful in this book. Oh, yeah. And as soon as, like, Lucius showed up at the end and the whole circle thing, I was like, yeah, that tracks, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that makes sense. And the whole him, like, Draco talking to the bug and the... Just all the horrible things he did and talking about Cedric and... um, What was the other thing? I don't know. But the fact that he got turned into a ferret really just... I feel like that didn't make up for all the horrible things that happened after. <laughs> yeah. I just don't love... I don't love it. It's also, like, nowadays, no one would write a character the way that she wrote Draco. Why? Because he's too offensive? Well, like, nobody writes straight evil characters anymore. Like, evil for the sake of being stereotypically evil. Like, everybody's way more complex now in literature. Yeah. Because, like, that's what people care about now. Like, as a society, we care more about the morally gray Mm-hmm. And, like, they can be evil, but, like, they have to have, like, some kind of good side. But this was written, like, early 2000s, and so it was, like, I'm just gonna make him stereotypically awful. Yeah. And just, like... the bully, but there's no right. light at and so the end just, of the like, tunnel. Goes, 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 and, like, every possible mean thing that you could do, she gives to Draco to do. And it's, like, that wasn't necessary, but, like whatever i guess i mean it tracks though it's all yeah i also like i don't think jk rowling knew as she was writing these books how big of a deal they would become Mm -hmm. and how much of like an apologetic people would be for all of the characters yeah and like support them so strongly and, like, people try so hard to, like, find a redemption for Draco. Yeah. Which I think there are, like, threads of it later on. But it's just, like, he's also awful. Yeah. And, I mean, say she didn't put all of it on Draco. Who else is she gonna put it on? The entire Slytherin house? You said before, like, they're not entirely evil. Well, if she had written it that way then they would be but it just so happens that like they're only kind of yeah i mean like i don't think she does a lot she does a lot to redeem the slytherin house but i feel like she should have yeah so my problem mainly with draco and the slytherin house is that she made them evil and then just left it there but then also people are like the traits of the slytherin house are ambition and cunning and like all of this stuff and you like she turned it into evil mm-hmm. and so it's like that's not the way it is and so people like realize that there's a lot of canon separation that happens in the fandom yeah i mean the only other one i don't know you could argue all of them besides hufflepuff could have an evil side no yeah like people talk a lot about slytherin and gryffindor being two sides of the same coin Mm-hmm. Because they, like, they have very, have very like, complementary traits. And so, like, a Gryffindor could be just as evil as a Slytherin is, but they're, like, 
they would be more bold about it. And so, like, but also, like, the main character's in Gryffindor, so they can't be evil. Yeah. Also, Slytherin really do just be actual snakes, so, like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what a time. Yeah, I was talking to Becca the other day from Sincerely Us about how, at this point, I cannot tell you what is actually canon and what is not. And that's so many times, like, when we're recording these episodes, I have to, like, look something up and be like, is this true? Oh my gosh. That's because what's... just the, the whole fandom is like, I don't like these things that she did, so I'm just going to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a tag on our time our own called Harry Potter epilogue, what epilogue? And it's like a thing where people talk about what happened at the end of the seventh book with ignoring the epilogue completely. And I'm like, that's such a great tag. Nice. Anyway, the book. (laughs) Yeah. Constant vigilance. Nice. I literally love that, honestly. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, I feel like this would be so interesting to read again just for the fact that Moody isn't Moody. Like, that's the only thing that would make me want to read it again, just to be like, oh, I see now. I knew he wasn't gonna end up being good. Like, it was obvious from the beginning, but the way they did it was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, it also be like, he's in the other books, Moody as Moody, because, like, he's a member of the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they get to school. Turns out there's a Triwizard Tournament now that everybody knew about except for all the children. Or, like, the whole time, like, the Weasleys are like, we can't tell you what's happening, but you need dress robes. And then, like, Draco knows what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, just tell them. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like, it's not a secret or anything. Like, this is, like, a coordination of three different countries. Yeah. But oh my gosh, this line Harry says, you'd think we were all going to be attacked at any second. And I'm just like, really? (laughs) Really? Like, seriously? (laughs) That's just so all the memes that are like, Hogwarts is the safest place on Earth. And then it's like three headed dog. Death Eaters in the thing. Um, Chamber of Secrets is opened. Like, all of these terrible things that happen, but then every year they're like, it's fine, Dumbledore's there. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay. (laughs) Like, um, maybe not. (sighs) My first note for chapter 16 is, the Goblet of Fire is actually a Goblet of Fire. I feel like everyone needs to know that. That's, like, so funny. Last time we did this, I asked you what you think this book is about, and you were like, it's about a goblet of fire, and I was like, yes, but also the title is so misleading, because <laughs> the goblet of fire is in, like, one chapter. I know! It's so dumb. This book is so dumb. I can't. That's kind of how it's been the whole time, though, like, the really the biggest thing just happens for, like, one chapter, and then it's over. And that's kind of the annoying part about all these books, is, like, the big thing happens, 
and like there was so much build up. There was six hundred pages of build up for this. Yeah, I mean, like Chamber of Secrets was the mystery throughout the whole book. Yeah, and the Prisoner of Azkaban was the mystery throughout the whole book. Yeah, I don't know. I really, really hate the Deathly Hollows title, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Well, we don't die before then. This book is so funny because Harry has no idea what he's going like. Like Harry has no idea what's going on while also being the best the entire time. Like he has raw t- talent and no other skills. He cannot figure out how to solve the challenges, but he can do it once someone tells him what to do. He's all muscles, no brain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. Kids 13 hasn't learned as much as they have, but also he dumb. <laughs> I think he's 14. But still, he's dumb. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just the entire book. He's like, uh, uh, like freaking out the entire time. And half the time he's not even listening to the people trying to help him. He's like, no, I think they're plotting against me or whatever. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) Right. Like, (sighs) just like the whole Harry and Cedric thing is so dumb. Oh my gosh. Harry like hates him the entire book because Cedric is going out with a girl that Harry liked. I feel like that's actually good writing though especially for a teenage boy like it it makes sense it's just annoying reading now like why is that important why is that such a thing and it's like well i mean no you have a good point i've never been a teenage boy so are you trying to say something right now like no i'm just saying that i cannot relate to Harry in that mindset because I'm also not a dramatic person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Harry is a dramatic person. (laughs) It's another thing that I have a hard time with this book is that people who are, like, obsessed with Cedric. Yeah. And we actually get so little of him. I know. I've heard so much about him, but he's only kind of in this book. And, like, the things that he is in this book is just Harry hating him for majority of the book. Yeah. So I guess there's something to be said, like, people like him because he died, and it's sad, and so we, like, have to hype him up. Yeah. But, like... (sighs) What's funny is... (coughs) So... I knew he was gonna die at some point. And the reason I knew that is from Smosh. (laughs) I knew I shouldn't let you watch those Harry Potter episodes. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was a try not to laugh where Shane comes out as, like, leader of the Hufflepuff house. And he's like, hello, Hufflepuff house. (laughs) Says something about how Cedric got heckin' bodied. And I was like... (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) The good thing is, I didn't know what book it was going to happen in. I thought it was going to be later. So it was still a surprise. But I was reading this whole thing going, he's going to die at some point. Because Shane freaking Top said so. (laughs) Do you know of anybody else that's going to die? 
Do you have any suspicions? Um, well, I know of a few, but one of them I accidentally, I was looking for, like, this happens a lot. I'll be looking for something specific. I'll be like, oh, what was this little thing that happened? And then it turns out that, oh, man, they're dead. Whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, well. Um... No, that's so, what happens every time I'm watching a show and I, like, tell you that I spoiled the whole thing for me. It's because I did something like that every single time. Yeah. I A lot of it, though, like, I'll see it and be like, oh, I think I knew that. I just forgot. That's a lot of it is, like, I think I know, but I can't really be sure and I'm going to keep it that way. Fair. I can't Google be- anything. Yeah, I'm trying to be very careful about the deaths. Um, yeah. If you spoil a death for me, I will end you. I'm like, it's like, like, I'm trying to be careful about all spoilers, but like minor things, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. I'm trying to be super careful. Because when I read it, almost all of the deaths were spoiled for me. Because like, my friends were just so obsessed with it, they like, talked about it a lot. Yeah. And so, like... All of them, I'm just like, oh, look, they're dead. Oh, look, they're dead. As opposed to, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I was still shook when it literally read, Cedric is dead. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I knew he was going to die at some point, but, like, gosh dang, they did it so fast. That was in another one of the episodes I talked about how in book four, things become more life and death, and you were like, this is Chamber of Secrets. I was like, oh, things get more like life and death. And you were like, well, he's 12 and like facing death. And I was like, no, no, things get to be more life and death. And that's what I was talking about. Oh my gosh. You're like, that's an Easter egg. Man. <laughs> People actually die. Yeah. I also didn't remember you saying that because that was last year. I just remember that because I edited that last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. (sighs) I just, I have a quote. I don't even know where this is from, but it says, Harry quotes, everything is hopeless, but I should have just turned and learned how to turn into an animal that took my dad and godfather three years to do in one day Potter. (laughs) Honestly, preach. Yeah, like. He did say that at one point. He's like, what if I just turn into an animal? And Hermione's like, are you serious right now? Like, first you have to get registered, and then you have to learn how to do it. And then, uh, and I'm like, of course she would say you have to get legally registered. No, it's funny. We know of, what is it, five animagus in this book, and only one of, like, in this series, and only one of them is registered. Yeah... So, so it's like a big deal, but also, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, question. Why does she measure in feet? They've talked about this on the restricted section multiple times. I think England uses a mixture of the metric and the... What is it? The American system? The American system. 
Yeah, because it took me a couple of times, but it was like six feet. And I was like, wait. Okay, so it says that Britain is officially metric, but they use the imperial measurement for like distances. But all of the road signs are in miles. So what do they use the metric system for? Like, liters. And it says that they, like, officially use centimeters and millimeters. But, like, everybody understands inches and feet. Also. Okay, but also, there's, like, you're reading the American edition. I mean, I thought about that, but I was like, would but, like, they I change think- that? I think on the restricted section, like, they have some of them reading the American edition and some of them reading the English edition. And, like, the British edition says feet, too. Yeah, I just thought points. it was weird because I know, don't they measure height in meters? So why would they measure magical creatures in feet? That's what was weird to me. I was like, what? I think they just understand both, so they do whatever they want. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, mystery solved. On to the next thing. (laughs) Uh, That's fine. (laughs) I said Hermione out here being the only one who really knows what's going on, and Ron keeps trying to get her to shut up. Ron, honey, Hermione's going to solve this whole thing before you even realize one clue. Yeah. He's so funny. Oh my gosh, this is one of the favorite. This is literally, I'm going to start using this. Like, this is so funny to me. So Dean goes, I still can't work out how you two got the best looking girls in the year. Animal magnetism. (laughs) That is so funny funny to me like anytime i'm just gonna be like oh animal magnetism the yule ball is such a disaster (laughs) oh my gosh i thought it was like this cool thing because everyone's so obsessed with it and i was like this is the worst i hate this this is like a middle school dance i mean literally it's awful the like ron and hermione fighting the Harry being upset that Cho's going with Cedric. Harry and Ron getting a date from, like, the last possible second to be- to girls that they don't even care about. Yeah. To, like, having to take dance lessons with McGonagall. Yeah. It's just all bad. Yeah. I like- so one thing I like about Rowling's writing is how she writes different dialects, like French, Bulgarian? Or is it just mm-hmm. Russian? It's Bulgarian. Bulgarian. But it, in my head, it reads Russian. And Hagrid's dialect, is it, is it Irish or Scottish? Well, let me Google it. But just like, I like how she writes it because I can hear it. It says West Country. What? So Bristol, Gloucester, Shire, Somerset, Devon. 
It says in the movies he's specifically using a Somerset. I've lost interest now. Shame. <laughs> uh, uh, Seamus is Irish. Well, I could have figured feel- that. That makes you feel better. <laughs> I think I could have guessed that. Golly. Um, let's see. I did another one. I really need to start just typing the quotes in. That would just make life a little easier. (laughs) That would be too easy. Oh, um, Harry goes, you don't think anything that skeet or cow. Sorry, professor. (laughs) I have gone temporarily deaf and haven't any idea what you said, Harry. (laughs) I wrote that one down. I just didn't say it because I have no idea when that happened. And it says, in all caps, Dumbledore, stop. I just, every time Harry does something stupid, Dumbledore looks at him like, ah, yes, my child. (laughs) Which is, like, part of the reason that I don't love him. Because I'm like, Dumbledore is whimsical, he's funny, he's cute, but he also has to under, like, Dumbledore is, like, 150 years old. He should recognize the fact that Harry has no parents. And so he's going to look up to Dumbledore as a father figure. And Dumbledore doesn't take that role very seriously. Like, he's teaching Harry all of the wrong things. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, since Sirius came into the picture, though, I feel like he didn't care as much. Yeah, that's true. I forgot Sirius is in this book. Bruh, he's like a big deal. Harry's writing letters to him constantly. I think I have notes on it, but it just like did not register in my yeah. head that he's in this book because he's not like present. Yeah, as soon as you think you're gonna forget about him, it's like, oh, I have to write to Sirius. I'm like, what? Harry, why are you so obsessed with him? Because it's his dad. Yeah, that's another thing that... Someone mentioned it sometime. I don't remember where. But they were talking about how... Maybe it was on the restricted section. They were, like, talking about how if... Like, Harry had gone to live with Sirius at the end of the third book, how Lupin would have had to come with them because there's no way that Sirius would have been able to be a proper parent because he's been in jail since he was 21. Yeah. So he has no idea what it's like to be an actual adult. I just, it's also so interesting to see all of Harry's father figures are disasters. And yet he yeah. still turns out to be a decent child. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Harry needs therapy. You can quote me on that. At the end of this book, especially, Dumbledore's like, do not speak to him. And I'm like, amen. Okay, but also, Dumbledore at the end of the book just told a boy full of intense trauma that he had to go back and live with his abusive aunt and uncle. Yeah, I don't get that one. I figured there was a reason for it. Is there not? (laughs) There is. I just think it's dumb. Oh, okay, well. Yeah, so 
they use the Trite Wizard Tournament. Harry defeats a dragon. He saves Ronald Weasley. Mm-hmm. And Fleur's sister. Yeah. And then he's winning. And then they go to the maze and everything goes bad very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I like this one quote from Sirius. If you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. And I was like, dang, you you got that right, buddy. True. But also, Sirius is not good at that. I mean, no, but it's a nice yeah, quotable thing. Yeah, there's like conflict in the next book, especially we see a lot of Sirius with his like family house elf. And Sirius is absolutely awful mm-hmm. to his house self. And so I'm like, at least he's self-aware, but also it's not him. Yeah. But then also, like, Sirius grew up in a really abusive household with, like, really bad... There's just... Everybody has so much trauma. Yeah. It's awful. I liked when Harry went into the Pensieve. I don't know how to say that. Um, That's so much fancier than I've ever said it. So go for it. Okay. <laughs> I say I say Pensieve. Well, there's another E in it. So. See? I mean, you've seen the movies. Is it not in there? I don't remember. Okay. Because once I hear it once, I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. Um, we'll get back to you next week. <laughs> yeah, rip. Um, I just liked how he got to see everything happening. Of course, like, traumatically so. But being a fly on the wall, you always wonder, like, oh, if I could be a fly on the wall in this situation. And literally, Harry got to do that. And I thought that was really cool. And he wasn't in any danger or anything. He just got more of the big picture. And getting to see about, like, Neville's parents and stuff. I was like, stop. Don't. <laughs> It hurts. I know. Yeah. Harry gets to do that a lot. Yeah. And like, of course he does. It's also like... Makes me wonder why... Maybe a pensieve is just like hard to come by. But like I don't know why Sirius or Lupin never showed Harry... Like their memories, hmm. and been like, "Look, this is what your dad was like." That'd be a good fan fiction. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. <laughs> yeah, I don't say that often, so it must be an all right concept. Yeah. So they go through the maze. Everything goes bad. Voldemort's back. Yeah. First, Cedric dies. So before that. I just have to mention them getting the the cup together. That was such a Lightning McQueen thing to do. That was so funny to me. I was like, no, this is not happening in real life. And it literally, like, cars won. <laughs> Ka-chow. Literally. It was so funny to me. And they're, like, fighting over it. And it just, Cedric, you didn't. You didn't have to do that, buddy. It's okay. Imagine if yeah, he had he really... gone by himself, though. That would have sucked. Or if they had just let Harry go by himself. 
I mean, I feel like not much difference would have been made if he'd gone by himself. Well, if Harry had gone by himself, Cedric would still be alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have, like, made it any difference to, like, the Harry plotline or anything. But no, no. Yeah, but he'd definitely be still be alive. There would be a little bit less alive. death. Yeah, that's awkward. Sorry, Just the, Cedric. Like, kill the spare is such an intense it's awful <laughs> literally my note says Cedric got hecking bodied in all caps because <laughs> I was so shook oh my gosh that's so funny golly yeah Cedric dies, Voldemort comes back, all of the Death Eaters come together. Yeah. They have a little cult gathering. All caps. Lucius, you son of a... <laughs> I'm so mad. In true villain style, Voldy's explaining his whole plan. Bro, this is a wild time. My notes are fun. They're... <laughs> this was all, like, late night. <laughs> Yeah, then, like, they do a weird, like, wand-connecting thing. Yeah. And Harry, like, sees his family. At the beginning of chapter 34, I legit was like, I want Duel of the Fates to start playing right now, because this is incredible. Like, it was so cool to get to read that part. I felt like the payoff was not as good as the torture, but it is what it is. Yep, then they go back and then they do, like, multiple... They do a long time of recap. Yeah, and lots of villains explaining their whole plans and... Right, because then they have to go back and then, like, Dumbledore has to talk to Harry about what happened and then they have to be like, oh, actually, it's Barty Crouch Jr. And then, like, Harry has to go to the hospital wing because he's traumatized. Yeah, so, like, everything gets explained... And then every get, everything gets explained again. And then they're like, ah, JK, Barty Crouch. So it gets explained again. That's the whole thing. I'm like, as soon as someone says something. Yeah. I just. Because you didn't get it the first two times. Let's do it again. Golly, man. I thought it was cool, though. The whole like, oh, the person you saw on the map wasn't who you thought it was. That was the best i was like yeah um did he get the map back i really need to know like i think so okay because it didn't say in the book that's why i'm asking i'm like um did he get it back from fake moody or like i'm assuming because that's a prized possession and it would be a real shame if a villain took it to azkaban and freaking died well he didn't actually get to go there rip he has it he has it later okay that's later books so um snape is the absolute worst i i have no words i don't it's just like Snape could have been a great character. He, he could have been, really- been the person we were all wanting. The bad with the good arc kind of thing. Right. He could have been a really great anti-hero. Mm-hmm. And 
Alan Rickman did a good job of like redeeming him a mm-hmm. little bit, but the way that he's written is just hard to read. Yeah. He like she made him bully Harry relentlessly for 7 years. And so it's really hard to just at the end be like, "Oh, Snape is a good guy." And it's just it, like, the things that Snape says to Harry are some of the worst things I've ever heard. Yeah, when he's, like, whispering to him when he moves Harry to the front of the classroom and is like, I'm gonna get this out of you, kid, and all this stuff. And I was like, bro, can you chill? Like, I get the whole resentment thing. I get that he knows Harry's a troublemaker. So I'd be kind of ticked off, too. I'd be like, are you serious right now? Like, are you being dumb? You need to be pulled down a peg. Like, I get that. But it's to the point where it's Draco style. And it's annoying. Yeah. Like, he's had enough. He's had a hard life. Stop. (laughs) Right. It's just like, that would not be allowed in a school ever yeah you're a grown man get over it like you should be fired Mm-hmm. because <clears throat> it's not just harry like he bullies neville really bad yeah and so it's like to the point that snape is neville's worst fear Mm-hmm. and like that should not be okay the superintendent should get involved and stop this <laughs> the superintendent of hogwarts <laughs> That is so funny. I don't even know. Um, Man, I really wrote, what a cute ending. I hate everything. Like, the last 100 pages were pretty dope. But, you know, the first 600 were a lot. And if this next book sucks, I'm gonna be mad. I cannot tell you. (sighs) I know. I just, I'm venting my thoughts right now. Because I feel like I'm gonna (laughs) regret it later, so. Yeah, the only thing... Yeah. I know that book five is more connected, in terms of the greater story. Yeah. But it has a lot of hairy angst. And sometimes I like that. It just depends on how well it's written. So we'll I see don't how remember, it goes. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes, especially with him, I feel like the angst is justified. So, like, it might yeah, not be too bad. The beginning of book five starts with Harry at the Dursleys, knowing that Voldemort's back, but the ministry's not doing anything about it. That sounds about right. Because at the end of this book, like, Fudge was like, nah. Like, that was so annoying. I was like, literally all these people. And then you kill the one guy who's going to give you the evidence you wanted. I'm like, bro, are you dumb, though? Yes. I keep forgetting, like, Fudge and Bagman are, like, characters. Because they're just. They don't really matter. Yeah, they represent the government and our hatred of the government. (laughs) Well, that tracks. Say no to the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> I don't. That was just kidding. Not the same thing. <laughs> it's a totally different meaning, but okay. They're related. I mean, you don't like the government. You also don't like the patriarchy. Tell me, I'm wrong. I've had enough politics in this book for one day. It was definitely a lot. Like, it got super political really fast, and I was like, I don't need this. I think I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, it's intense, but it's also interesting to see war from the political side. Yeah. Especially at the beginning of war, instead of just how fantasy stories are with like this guy's attacking us and we have to fight back with our dragons but yeah it's like like no, there's like more nuance going on here yeah for sure like oh this is how the real war started the war on our minds whatever it's <laughs> so dumb you have any final thoughts um this book was long Hermione single-handedly tried to end slavery, and I appreciate that about her. Um, (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Like, No, I love her. That was another one of those things, though, where I was like, this is a lot of filler. We just needed more Hermione, and that's how you chose to spend your time. Okay. Yeah, the house elf stuff is not in the movie at all i figured like all of the house elves yeah i know i haven't watched the movie since the first time i watched it so we'll see how i feel about that i don't remember thinking too highly of it it'll probably have better graphics so i'm excited about that but we'll see with each movie it gets better and better so that's the one thing i get excited about i'm like oh maybe they're starting to figure it out Yes. What do you rank this? Rate this? Anyways. You said you you had a number. Yeah, so everyone, I need you to know I cheated. Um, Carrie finally put the ranks to where I can see them. (laughs) So I'm not just guessing anymore. Plus, I mean, it's not fair if I rated something a year ago. And I don't really remember it. And I'm trying to write this on the same scale. So I feel like it's only fair to do that. I'll try and not do it the rest of the time. But we'll see. I probably won't keep my word. Um, (laughs) I'm going to give this a six and a half. Which I feel like is still high, honestly. I'm going to give it a seven. That's what I gave three. Yeah. And I just, three was better. So. Yeah. I'm giving it a seven, not for the plot. Yeah. The plot's pretty dumb. No. But because of all of, like, the Weasley family character development and, like. There wasn't just the, that like, much. <laughs> yeah, but I really loved it. Oh, my just, like, all the little things that point to the future that yeah. you can't rate it on. But all those things that I was like, huh, this is a series. Yeah. <laughs> like, I liked those a lot. And I thought this book was really enjoyable. When I read it, like, I thought there were a lot of laugh out loud moments. 
there were some good one-liners, but not, again, not a whole lot. There was a lot of Harry and Ron fighting that I was not here for. I was like, no, we're not doing this right now. This is dumb. Oh, yeah. There's so much Harry and Ron angst. I hate it. Which also, like, people really hate on that, too. But also, like, Ron is the youngest boy. Yeah. And his best friend is literally famous. Like, come on. Yeah. It's a major part of, like, in book one, Ron saw himself being famous in the Mirror of Erised. So, yeah. Like, we should have expected this. So, this puts it as the second best Harry Potter book so far. After book three. Above two and one. Yeah. Two and one are just a lot of world building. Yes. I liked all the spells. That was kind of cool. The spells and curses in this book. I was like, ah, yes, Latin. It's like in our, it's not in our top five books, but it's not the bottom. <laughs> I mean, three isn't in our top five, is it? I don't know, because I can't figure out how to sort. <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, it might be. Oh, I figured it out. Oops. Welcome to the new show where Carrie just works on a spreadsheet and says words sometimes. This is what happened when I upload it and use stupid Google Sheets. She's not mad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, Tweet Cute's number one, Invincible's number two, Algeron is three, my grandma told me to tell you she's sorry is four, and Austin Land is five. Tied with You Have a Match. For five. Interesting. So Harry Potter three is six, and Harry Potter seven is four is seven. I feel like the only reason Tweet Cute is at the top is you. <laughs> you gave I gave it a nine and you gave it an eight point five. I mean, yeah. That's pretty high. You don't give things nines. Yeah, it's the high my highest score on here. Yeah. You don't give things eight point fives. I do if Except I for like them. Did you not like Tweet Cute? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I said I do if I like them. We're gonna fight. Anyway, Shade, do we have social media? <laughs> no. I I say Great. no every time you ask. It's so funny to I me. I should stop asking. It's hilarious. Um, we've got a Facebook Curly Critics Podcast. We've got Twitter and Instagram at Curly Critics Pod. We've got a Gmail. I haven't gotten any Gmails, so upset about that. Um, curlycriticspod at gmail.com. Uh, there's probably other social medias, but I don't understand how computers work, so figure it out. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's all we got. Oh, well. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash curlycriticspod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash curlycriticspod. Get a baseball tee! It's so good! The Curly Critics are a proud member of the WBNE Network, which has amazing shows for you to listen to 
such as Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. Here's a promo. Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. It's the most roll-your-eyes-I've-seen-it-before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the Mighty Loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my, my hope and dream was that you would say that. Bacon and Eggs, the show that's just like ours, but we're better than them. The fathers of WBNE. Yes. We like those guys. They're okay, I guess. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a magical day. Oh, yeah. Okay, bye.